Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is entitled At Your Door. It was written by Ellen Eisenwill, Mark Morrison, Barbara Manoui, Chris Adams, and Scott D. Anielowski, and Herbert Hike. I'm your game master, and this is episode 10. Our recap will be given by Morgan as his character, Dr. Margaret Evans. So, without any further delay, let's begin our journey. Let's continue our journey into the darkness. Morgan? Dear Mr. Jadik, um, I'm starting to have some concerns about what are things that are happening around San Damiel. Well, it's been a while since we last wrote you a report, so this is what further things that we found. Um, in our attempt to track Jenny, um, we came across the name of Noelle Rand, who seemed to be your friend. Um, and going and investigating uh, her, we've discovered that she has been missing for the last couple of weeks. Upon entrance um, into her home, we discovered um, several uh, cassette tapes that lead us to believe that she had on and Jenny wherever she went. Um, also, we came in contact with something there that sent that gave a text to Dr. Flores. Um, we still are perplexed by how that could have possibly happened. Um, on returning that night, we went to try to track down who harassed us on our first night in San Damiel, um, but that came up empty. Um, checking out uh, God's Lost Children, which was the band associated with the assailants. That evening, we, we saw the news report of, of the homeless uh, disappearances, and we can't help but think um, that that is related to the various creatures that we've encountered, both, both the one that escaped from our laboratory and the one that has escaped from Gall's house. Um, we appreciate any further efforts that you can possibly spare, any resources you can spare. People are, are getting killed by these things. We need them found. Um, I cannot stress that enough. The next day we decided to uh, follow up with the, uh, the local Sasquatch watch um, to see if they had any sort of sightings that uh, could help us maybe track Jenny since the, uh, we just came across the news reports of the Sasquatch type activity um, in the neighboring area and they uh, gave us a disturbing revelation. Um, they had been making trips um, out into the woods and discovering um, larger and larger and larger sets of footprints um, by a particular stone out in the woods. Um, on closer examination, I believe Dr. Carlisle uh, discovered that these were in fact human footprints. Uh, we believe that Jenny is out there, still growing, and goes to that stone every new moon. And, and I think that Noelle is there with her. Um, and finally, we want to go talk to the police to see if they could reopen up Peter Tate's case, because we do not believe that he killed himself. And then we talked to the case, uh, the head of the case for Noel Rand, um, who gave us a P.O. box number for a town nearby the occurrences. And we believe after our appointment with uh, Don Biozyme, uh, we will go there if no other further leads develop. Um, once again, please do whatever you can to, to stop these creatures. Uh, Dr. Margaret Evans. Excellent. Um, let me say something before I forget. I don't know if we covered this, but Dance in the Dark when the Moon is Full. Did we 
come up with the conclusion that that may be a code word for them to meet at the Sasquatch stone on a full moon? Well, they said dance when the moon is new. New. Yeah. So at the new moons, and I said uh, the cassette tapes talked about how you knew where Rand would know where to go. Um, so we're just assuming the... that it's his stone. We don't have any okay. other leads. But it's really, it's an assumption that yeah. they're meeting, that this is where they meet. But I think it's a pretty good one. Yeah, there was also a correlation between the times that the Sasquatch lovers uh, found Prince by the stone and the moon cycle. Those seem okay. to, lie, to match pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, the rate of growth on the footprints is pretty um, yeah. troubling. And the new, oh, and I remember we asked this last time, the next is going to be on the 9th, which is four days from today. That's right. Yeah. It is Sunday right now, and we're about to go talk to Gall, I believe. Okay. So your intention is to uh, go where? You said you're going to talk to Gall. Where do you want to go? Police well, department? We were, yeah, we were, we were already at the police department oh, talking to people. Okay. We wanted to see if we could speak to him for a minute. If they would allow it. If not, it's worth, I don't want to push it. But. Um, well, when you make inquiries, uh, they explain to you that uh, Mr. Harold Gall has been transferred to the San Damiel Psychiatric Hospital um, under the care of uh, Dr. Lawrence Sweet. that he seemed on the verge of violence, and so they had to. He, he was obviously delusional. Did they get a, uh, how long did they, are they going to involuntarily hold him? Do they know? Well, that's up to the, 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 the doctors. Okay. That's, it's now out of the police's hands. Was he brought up on any charges? Um. Well, they have to determine whether he's sane enough to actually be brought up on charges uh, other than uh, hazardous materials, uh, possible, uh, you know, danger to the uh, environment. Um, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't steal anything. So they're, uh, they're having him looked at. All right. He's obviously whacked out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. that's not a professional terminology. But. Yeah. So was it Doctor Sweet or Doctor Sweet? Sweet W S W E E T. Okay. Yeah. And that is the San Damiel Psychiatric Hospital, or correct? Okay. If only he were as delusional as they think, we'd all be safer. Yeah. But we can't tell them that because then we're going to end up there too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Because I want that nut job. All right. So next destination. I guess it's the question of how we can best prepare for our tour of Don Baez on tomorrow. Because I don't think we can do much in town tonight except plan that. That's true. Um, well, I don't. I don't know. What do you? How do you think that's going to go? Are they just going to kind of show us around in circles and send us on our way? Or do you think they have something a little more menacing in mind? 
Well, I don't think they're going to be overtly menacing. I think they're just going to show us some Potemkin village of a, you know, innocent research facility and show us the door. It's not like we've got a search warrant. Right, yeah. I think they're going to put on a big show about how eco-friendly their company is and how, you know, correct they do things. And then, yeah, show us to the door. Oh, before we go, I want to see, has anybody else come by to try to talk to Gaul? And ask the... No. No, okay. He didn't have uh, a lot of friends. Or I just, I just don't want any uh, Don Biozyme people to have dropped by or something. Right. Yeah. I suggest we all be on the lookout for maybe some, maybe a rogue element in Don Biozyme that would want to talk to us, that maybe we can exchange numbers quickly and meet at a later time. I mean, it's a shot in the dark, but maybe somebody in there knows what's going on and wants it to stop, but is yeah. too afraid. That's a thought. Uh, do we know who's meeting us tomorrow? Who's our tour guide? Um, I don't think that you've been given a name. I don't know of one. And Slakes isn't going to be with us. We're just showing up on our own and correct presenting our credentials and some HR rep or no, not HR. Some public relations rep is going to spin us. Um, as 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 members of the scientific population, do we have an overall sense of what Dawn Bioslam does, or is that something we should be looking into in advance? Well, um, specifically, like if it was, you know, if it was Monsanto, I'd have an idea of what right. it was. Uh, well, you were given a, a little bit of a breakdown on the company originally. They, uh, they develop, um, well, let's see, where is that? Air, um, let's see, gene splicing, um, bacterium and insects, and they're um, owned by a pharmaceutical company, Larson Pharmaceuticals, that's owned by New World Incorporated, I believe is their chain of ownership. Right, and uh, they're, they're mostly a, uh, they're a research and development company, uh, so pharmaceuticals are, are part of it. Um, most likely they, they receive uh, various compounds and see what they can do. See if there's anything worth developing. Um, and obviously there's some bioengineering going on there. And I seem very interested in hairless squatches, I think, is their current uh... So who's gonna be who's gonna be the good cop and, and make nice with the PR person? I mean, obviously, Dr. Carlisle, you're going to be the one trying to corrupt <laughs> any employee you can pull off of the group. Uh, I also think that we should save uh, what we know about Peter and Jennifer for late in the conversation. Uh, and also, you know, maybe in a super friendly way, try to figure out like what they know about Harold Gall, since he appears to have had uh, material from their lab. Like, did he buy it? What was it? Did he do, acquire it illicitly? 
didn't we have our research assistants trying to dig up where the money trail for Gaul was? Hopefully, maybe they turned something up. It seems like things have been covered up pretty well. Okay. Figured. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think our assistants are forensic accountants. So About all they can tell you, though, is that Harold Gall has been in the San Damiel area for the last 15 years. And he was in his 50s? Gall, I think he's in his 60s, actually. 60s. Uh, and is it, I wonder if there's public information about his education. Um, uh, yeah, we'll say that he has a number of PhDs in uh, bioengineering and medicine and things like that. was educated uh, at, uh, uh, let's say, some of, uh, when I say let's say, obviously I'm making this up off the top of my head. Uh, the uh, uh, the Bibliotheque, oh, no, that's, by, that's library. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Polytechnic uh, University of uh, Saskatchewan. With a with an internship at the Miskatonic and very prestigious. Yeah, he's he's a, a, an extremely highly intelligent person. However, those kind of people do go nuts sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff to keep in your head. A lot of stuff to sew together too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want anybody, any other uh, organizational notes for tomorrow? Well, I was reading through uh, Tate's uh, journal again. He talks about a, uh, a tech there. They made friends with the Danny Price. Yeah. And, uh, and Danny got into that Project P7 also. So now disturbingly near the end he talks about that he hasn't seen Danny for a few days so that might not be a he might not be there but he'd be someone to kind of look out for well and Danny was on the same project that Jenny was right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's actually something we can do before tomorrow is see if Danny Price is at home yeah look him up and what was that called project 7 P7 P is in Papa. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, overseen by Dr. Finley. So. So maybe towards the end we can bring that up. Ask for Dr. Finley. Ask for Danny Price. Ask for um, Jenny Armbruster also. Yeah. I, I do like, uh, I think, uh, John, you, you talked about calling, calling up Danny Price. I, I, yeah, it wouldn't hurt to look him up in the phone book, see if he is or listed. Right, absolutely. Well, do we, do we know how much Full Wilderness has told Don Biozyme about what we're doing? Well, they certainly don't know that 
were coming there because they got shipped an illicit monster. Or maybe they do. To, to remind you, uh, Full Wilderness does give some uh, financial support to Don Biazyme, um for one reason or another. It's just they think their their funds are being misappropriated for something obviously nefarious and horrible. All right, but that does give us leverage as representatives of Phil Wilderness. Right. Exactly. All right, well, I'll go to... I mean, I assume here in the police station they got phones, so I can have my one phone call. So they're probably going to have those and uh, phone books. So uh, I'll go. I'll go there and see if there is a Danny Price listed. Uh, there is. Just one. Uh, yeah. A D Price. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does he live far away? Um, not apparently. No, no, not apparently. Okay. Do you want to call first or just drop in on him? 15 minutes. Let's call first. I mean, unfortunately, with our luck of people that have been associated with this company, they're uh, they're not home. Yeah. But, you know. I'm guessing they have a full answering machine waiting. But, well, we could try. It could catch us off guard. So. All right. So you phone the, the telephone rings uh, two times, three times, and then a guy picks up. Uh, says, hello. Hello, is uh, this Mr. Price? Oh, you want Danny? Yeah, he doesn't live here anymore. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, uh, do you have his new number? Um, you know, I don't, but he moved He moved all the way up into Canada. I think he's oh. in Toronto. Oh, shit, yeah. That's a, that's a long, long, long way away. Uh, do you know when that was? Oh, not not too long ago. He left uh, like last week. Oh, I just missed him and all. Uh, were you roommates for a long time? Uh, yeah, for quite a while. Did he ever talk about his work? Well, oh, I didn't really understand it. I'm a liberal arts major. Oh, I understand. nothing wrong with that. And all. Uh, but... Yeah, he he didn't didn't talk that much. Uh, did he have any uh, friends over over th- that you re- you remember that could still be in town? Yeah, sometimes. Do you remember their names? Well, I mean, we got a lot of friends. Yeah, yeah, but uh, more uh, more work friends is what I, I'm looking at. We're, I'm a private investigator, and he's a lead, and we're looking for a, a missing person. He oh, is a, is Danny in trouble? No, no, he's not. But you know, we're just—he—he uh, he was a an associate associate with uh, the person we're looking for, and so we're just well, trying to. Who are you talking about? Uh, Tate. Doc, uh, Peter. Doc. Peter Tate. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Pete? Um. Yeah, he was only he was over here a couple times. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a nice guy. Guy is—is is he missing? Well, uh, his family thinks so, and so they're paying us to, to look for him. So. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I haven't seen him for a couple of weeks. Yeah, neither is his family, unfortunately. Yeah. I hope everything's okay. Oh, I, I, 
I'm, I'm sure it will. It's usually just uh, someone just wants to get away. They took a vacation without letting people know. But Well, you know. if I hear anything from him uh, or uh, from Danny. Yeah. And, uh, and Arthur, try Armbruster. Oh, did, did you ever meet a, uh, a Jenny Armbruster? Jennifer Armbruster, yeah. Yeah, a memorable person. From what I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When when's the last time Big you saw Jenny? Big Jenny, Big Jenny. That's what everyone calls her, uh, or other colorful names. But uh, well, well, for, uh, I don't know what happened to her. I, we weren't really close friends. I mean, we just worked together occasionally. That's been a couple of months since I've seen her. I think she quit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a bummer. Well, uh, well, I really appreciate uh, the info. What was your name again? Sorry, Danny Price. Oh, your I'm name? sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at Danny Price. I got you. you. <laughs> uh, hold on, I got to make up a name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Will Blatty. Uh. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, uh, and I'll leave him the number at the the lab that we've been giving people. All right. Tell him to keep writing. That's right. Yeah, keep now, writing. Now, my my brother Peter's the one who does all of that. Mm. Is Danny Price in uh, Peter Tate's little book? Yes. And is there stars? Yes. So there's a connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I obviously disconnect from Mr. Blatty. <laughs> so did it seem, Heather, like he, like uh, his roommate had the idea that he left in a hurry or in a panic? No, because he he didn't seem concerned about him. He's just like, oh, no, he, he's, he's moved, moved. He moved last week, you know, set up to Toronto. And obviously if he thought Jenny was a freak, he didn't think Danny was a freak, so. Right, yeah, yeah. He uh, he had a pretty quick reaction once I brought up Jenny. Well, worth a try. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. And, of course, we're going to call the lab and find out that nobody has learned anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about replacing my assistant, I have to be frank. <laughs> Our assistants are hard at work going through those um, tapes where you're covered for evidence, I think. That's, right. That's what they're doing. Why is this one worn out? What? <laughs> rewind. Rewind. <laughs> they're on 31 out of 397. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you kind of have the rest of the evening ahead of you. What would you like to do? I was wanting to swing by back by uh, Zybotech and and pick up those things we got from uh, Noel's. I was wanting to look at the old English. Okay. I recognize when it was from or anything. See if it could help us out that way. All right. Also, when we're there, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what was our our contact? The guy that was uh, our go between for Jake. for flakes. 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 Maybe confer with him about tomorrow, see if there's any other information that he can give us about what we might be walking into. We never really got into detail about it with him. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, never remember his first name. Richard Slakes. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. You call over to Full Wilderness, and uh, Richard's not there right now. Richard's out doing something. Uh, you get um, Clarice uh, Novesky, uh Robert's uh, Robert Jadick's secretary. And she's like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Richard's not here right now. Uh, can I take a message and have him call you back? Uh, we just wanted to get a debriefing on tomorrow's meeting with Don Barrowsine. Well, yes, uh, you'll have to get a hold of him. Uh, he's left for the evening and uh, don't necessarily know where he's gone. All right. Just tell him uh, if he can try and get in touch with us before 8.30 or 9 a.m. tomorrow when we have our meeting at 10. So. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. People putting funny things in the chat window. All right. <clears throat> So what would you like to do this evening? I was going to review those uh, papers. Uh, Look at them. So, that of her generation is mystery and darkness, but also of those things that walk beneath the sun. For although she haunts the places that are not lit by the moon, she thus darkened all the quiet stills of the rocks and the deeps of the sea. And of these places is the generation of all. Her quiet brooding gains not only in the haunts that we may perceive, but also within things where the eye may not see. Her shadow falls without the need of light to cast it. Her face is turned, turned within. As a man may not see within a mountain, yet knows well that its granite has weathered the ages, so he may behold a demon of earth or a rotting thing or his own hand and know her to be there, hid well within. Um, obviously, the spelling of it is, makes it pretty old. Right. Yeah. For English, because uh, you've got the Germanic spellings of things. Um, but dating it, you'd probably need an expert. Okay. Somebody maybe at the, the university. university. Yep. Now, this wasn't an original copy, though, right? It was like a photocopy or... It's like a fax. Yeah. Fax. Right? Yeah. Well, that's a pretty unique spelling and, and, and everything, so... Well, yeah. I mean, we got copiers here. Make a copy of it. So that way... It'd be nice if, uh, if one of us knew... Uh, uh, no old English or like professor at a university like where one of us came from so there would be no connection to what's going on and just say hey we found this funny text do you are there any signifiers of where and when this might have come uh, Desmond do a luck roll I will <laughs> 43 is good it's a normal success 
Okay, yeah, since you brought it up, you seem to remember a Dr. Uh, Arne Vogel from your university. He was a professor of medieval studies. Perfect. I'll try to clean it up so the facts of a facts is good and write him a little uh, vague explanatory note. Do you know when this is from? Do you recognize any of the symbolism? Uh, the weird comparison of a demon to a rotting thing to the reader's hand stands out to me. And who might she be? Is there any mythic okay. resonance there? And I'll fax him a 20. <laughs> and some cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> no, you'll have to fight Heather for those. I don't know. <laughs> No, you got to send him a pipe. He's too old for cigarettes. <laughs> All right, so you're going to fax this to him? Are you going to call him on the phone at all? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Just a little introduction. All right, so you get him on the phone. Uh, yes, may I help you? Who is this? Uh, Arnie, it's Desmond Flores. How are things? Oh, Flores, Desmond. Ah, oh, yes, I remember you. Yeah. The fungus guy. Yes, yes. Did I catch you at an all right time? Oh, no. Uh, I was just getting ready to go to bed. What can I do for you? Um, uh, if you don't mind, I've, I've come across a strange document, uh, and I'm very curious about its origins uh, in time and space. Uh, can, I, can I fax it over to your office in the morning? Oh, yes, yes. Send it to me, and I'll, I'll get back to you on it. You know. Uh, yeah, I you know it's in English, but it's a bit archaic, and it's some sort of peculiar religious document. It looks like I that, see. Yeah, uh, there are a great many uh, peculiar religious artifact uh, documents from uh, medieval times, indeed. Yeah, this I think will stand out because it appears to feature a, a, a female deity of some kind. Ah, very interesting. I hope, I hope you find it so. Yes. Send it to me. I'll get back to you tomorrow, Desmond. That's brilliant. Thank you, Dr. Fogel. Click. Because nobody says goodbye. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So is there anything you want to do this evening before tomorrow? Either of our clubs? Night. Yeah, we should sleep. And it's going to be, it's pretty early meeting, right? Yeah. It's 10 a.m. That's before lunch, Desmond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just don't read Which that. lunch? Yeah, just don't read that stuff and he'll be good. <laughs> How hungry am I? You're back to normal, so. Good. good. I, I will report, by the way, uh, folks, that I, I feel like I, I don't feel like I've been damaged from whatever the hell that thing was. Right. Well, that, so, well that's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, but let's get dinner. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you guys go to dinner. Any particular kind of dinner you want? Uh, Italian, American, Chinese, Indian. Who doesn't, Indian. Who doesn't like Indian food? It's delicious. Oh, Indian sounds good. Yeah. Sure. All right. Sure. You go to a you go to a certain area of San Damiel where there's a lot of uh, nice. Uh, Asian restaurants and things like that. You find a nice Indian place. There's a there's an uh, Asian place next door that's getting ready to open, and there's a Thai place across the street and things like that. So, 
in have, downtown in downtown proper yeah in downtown as we're going there i was wanting to uh look around and see if we see any homeless people um not as many as you'd expect well there are a few so okay. a couple yeah okay. all right um Definitely looks like there's less than there were a couple of days ago. And have we seen a shelter uh, around, like a for when there's bad weather? Usually, there's one. Um, yeah. I mean, you've seen shelters. Okay. I don't know what shelters actually look like. Yeah. They usually use abandoned building, or well, not abandoned, but you oh, know. Yeah. Usually have like a sign, you know, repurposed new hope, new hope shelter. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah, local I mean, you, churches. Yeah, you've yeah. seen a couple of those. Okay. Um. And uh, nothing really happens this evening. Um. So. Uh, unless you want to do anything else, we'll say that you go home, you go back to bed, you might have a drink. And you... I'm, I'm going to say two nights in a row without releasing any monsters. That's right. We're winning. <laughs> Good job, team. Hey, that's a new record. <laughs> They're just being released in secret. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah. just, we're in there. So I'm going to ask you an odd little question. In general... What kind of jewelry do you guys wear? We'll start with Dr. Ethan. Um, Ring, wristwatch, things like that. A wristwatch, but um, being working with animals, I tend to not wear much jewelry at all because it either gets in the way or... Well, what do you wear when you're not dealing with uh, animals, like right now? Silver necklace and um, a decent watch. Nothing over the top. Okay. No rings? No. Okay. Uh, how about uh, Dr. Evans? Oh, I, I tend to wear um, a pair of earrings. Um, generally, they're silver or they're gold, and then I have a silver class ring that I wear. And that's it. Okay. And uh, Dr. Mills? Uh, stud, stud earrings, because I don't like stuff dangling, might get snagged on something, but I do have a necklace with a pendant from my father, that's special to me, but I keep that tucked into my shirt, uh, ring on, uh, on my right hand, not on my left hand, and my nipple ring. No, <laughs> <laughs> Cutting edge. <laughs> what now? <laughs> you guys don't ever see it. <laughs> Dr. Liege. Uh, I just have a gold watch with uh, uranium glass faceplate. Okay. And uh, Dr. Flores? Uh, I have a, you know, a, a functional sort of diver's watch. Not too expensive, but good for weather. Uh, and I have uh, a jeweler's loop that belonged to my grandfather that I wear on a, a sort of leather thong around my neck. Right. That I sometimes actually use to magnify flora yeah i used to carry one of those around too for the same reason all right so you guys go to sleep you got all sleep rather soundly um not, no events happen during the night 
you wake up the next morning, uh, you have breakfast, uh, but you don't get a call from uh, Richard Slates. And you've got about an hour before you have to be at Don Biasign. Okay. Well, Full uh, Wilderness is less than a block from here. You guys just want to swing by there, see if he's in, in the office or if he's been in? Yeah. yeah. That sounds okay. good to me. Uh, all right. So you go in uh, up to the 13th floor uh, into reception and uh, you, you bypass reception and you head over towards uh, Robert Jadick's office uh, where you encounter Miss Novescu. Novescu, sorry. She, uh, as I described earlier, she is a very, hand, very good looking woman. Uh, uh, but rather severe. Uh, her clothing is perfectly, you know, straight. And uh, oddly enough, she's got a little bit of that naughty, naughty librarian sort of look to her. Um, and she's like, uh, yes, gentlemen, I, I'm afraid uh, Mr. Slakes is uh, out of town, as is Mr. Jadick. Oh. Uh, where, where did they go? Yeah. Well, Mr. Jadick is in Boston at the moment uh, at a conference, and uh, I believe Mr. Slakes is in Dallas uh, on some sort of business for, for Robert. Hmm. Uh, he should be back tomorrow, though. Okay. These are trips planned uh, long in advance? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, anything you want to relate to either one of them, you can relate through me and I'll, I'll make sure when they call in, uh, usually Robert and Richard both call in sometime towards midday. Not I don't think really. we have, yeah, I don't think we have anything yet. Um, uh, there's no, um, you don't have any information about who we're, uh, meant to speak to at Don Biazheim. Uh, from what I understand, you are just to go to the front reception desk and to tell them who you are, and they will assign somebody for you to show you around. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for your help. You're welcome. All right. So, uh, anything you want to do before you hit Don Biazan? Just take take a quick glance at the local deli papers, just for anything unusual. I'm not gonna sit there and read them. Just flip through like giant monsters spotted in, you know. Well, you read two two interesting little things at first. One is that uh, there doesn't seem to be any let up in this heat. Uh, the heat goes on. Uh, uh, it's possibly going to be well over 100 by next week. Uh, the humidity is still high. And there have been a series of very small earthquakes uh, that have rippled through the area. Um, uh, it's possible. It's not that unusual. The San Andreas Fault 
is east of the city, um, quite a ways east, but still you're on this side of the San Andreas, same as San Francisco. So, uh, forgive my ignorance, but uh, would they report where the epicenter is is in the paper for an earthquake like that? Uh, yeah, they probably would. They're all little towns up in the mountains. Near uh, where we've mapped out the uh, Bigfoot? Um, not necessarily, okay. uh, but but running up and down the, the San Andreas fault line. I believe that uh, we learned that the fault lies between the Tate Gall Farm and the Sasquatch Stone. Yep. So... And, and, you know, again, Jenny can't do much with dynamite, but that does seem like a coincidence that's worth noting. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, uh, of course, both fax our copy of that old document to my colleague, Dr. Fogel, uh, and call my mom before we head out. Okay. What are you going to call your mom? <laughs> Mom? We're quite close, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> all right, so you've done all of that, mm-hmm. and you are driving towards Don Biazyme. Now, Don Biazyme is a fairly large campus, if you will. Um, it's surrounded on three sides by a 12-foot-high brick wall with uh, ivy growing on a lot of it. But you can also see that on top of that, there is barbed wire. Um, It looks like they also own about 200 acres of land behind their facility uh, for future development. Uh, There are basically three large buildings um, uh, and one small building. And um, that's one large one in the front. It's all mirrored in glass. The ones in the, the one in the front are all very modern looking, uh, three stories high. And towards the back, there are a couple of large warehouses, which are not, not anywhere near as uh, fancy looking. Uh, that are also about three stories high. Um, There is also, uh, just as you come through the central gate, there is a guard station there, uh, and they ask you your business before you are allowed on the campus. Uh, You can see also that there is a guard shack, uh, which is in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. And their security seems to be pretty good. Now, are they armed guards or are they just security patrols? Looks like all they have is batons. Okay. Okay. Is the uh, is the other orange square another guard shack? Uh, looks like it. Yeah, you can't really see that, but you know you can see the map. So. I just yeah, legend of the map. All right, so you go up to reception, uh, you park your car, uh, and you go inside. 
the reception desk is a big, large semicircle, uh, and there's a couple of receptionists sitting there. One of them's on the phone, and uh, one of them smiles at you when you come inside. Also, just inside, you can see that you can only get into the reception area, and that uh, all corridors leading off of the reception area have doors, and uh, there is a guard behind a little desk inside the uh, the facility as well, inside the uh, the reception area. And those doors are solid with small windows with wire mesh. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And do they have? Is there, are they badge access? Uh, you mean like this? Uh, no. Okay. As an aside to the group, I'm like, you know, pretty tight security for a um, research and development place. Yeah. Yeah, intellectual property is all about theft. Yeah. I don't know about you, but my labs have lots of them. Right. So the, uh, the receptionist is like, yes, may I help you? Uh, yeah, we're... Uh... Set. We have a tour set up of the uh, of your wonderful facility, and we were here. We were told that I uh, come in here that we're from Full Full Wilderness. That that we'd have someone here to uh, take guide us on the tour. And she smiles and she looks down at her appointments and she says, "Ah, uh, yes." And uh, she gets on the uh, the intercom and she says, uh, "Mr. Geary, will you please come to the reception desk? Uh, your tour group is here." And she says, you can wait right over here. And she uh, doesn't do it, offers coffee. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> she and, aw, she's just this innocent girl who works here. Besides her quiet coffee's terrible. Um, <laughs> so after a few moments coming through one of the doors is a rather thin um bright looking young man with red hair uh he's neatly dressed uh in a uh, white uh, uh shirt uh with a tie and a big smile on his face and a, a clipboard and he comes out and he says ah oh, you must be the people from full wilderness my name is lee geary i'll be oh. your tour guide today Oh, well, you are correct. That is who we are, and it's so, so wonderful to meet you, uh, Miss, Mr. Gary, right? Yes, yes. Uh, or, or do you prefer Lee? Uh, Lee is fine, sure. Oh, okay. Uh, why don't you please sign in our uh, guest register here, and I will be giving you your ID badges. Uh, these are uh, little white badges. You can throw them over your neck. They've got lanyards. And written in big, gigantic red letters is visitor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does Mr. Geary have a badge or? He has a regular employee badge with his picture on it. And, and, and is he wearing a white lab coat over his white shirt? Or is no. he? No, and she, Dr. Gary, not Dr. Gary, right? When she made the announcement. He says, yes, I'm not a doctor. Okay. I'm an administration. So, um, I'm sure that uh, uh, you're all uh, very excited to see our facility. Uh, we're going to go on a complete tour. It should take about two hours. Oh, excellent. 
So he begins telling you about Don Biasine and all of the wonderful things that they're working on and how tomorrow will be a brighter day because of the things that they've been working on. And um, he takes you, uh, uh, he says, why don't we start at the top? So you all get in the elevator and you go up to the top and you end up seeing where the secretaries work, where the bookkeeping is, and you see where the cafeteria is. And uh, you uh, start to see some of the scientists. Um, one of the first people that you meet is, uh, is uh, Dr. Spencer. Uh, he demonstrates uh, uh, the company's research computer and how amazingly they have... Uh, they have a huge database of information. They're actually connected to people, uh, various companies across the country, including Lars Pharmaceutical and, uh, and uh, uh, UC San Damiel. And uh, he says the, uh, the amount of information that we have at our fingertips is just amazing. Wow. Uh, you meet Dr. Uh, Lois Keating. Uh, she's a microbiologist and, uh, after failing to successfully communicate uh, the complexities of uh, inserting DNA fragments into double-stranded vectors, uh, she shows you her uh, chocolate-fragranced uh, pansies that she created by splicing uh, the, uh, the scent for a chocolate into the, the pansies themselves. Uh, and she she explains that what she's actually working on is uh, trying to insert disease-resistant uh, genes into strains of wheat so that they can better survive in the, in the wild, well, in the, in the farms. Hmm. Um, so after about an hour of this, and as you kind of predicted, it's pretty vanilla, what you're seeing. Um, uh, uh, Lee says, now I, I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy. We're going to go see, uh, the president of Don Biasine, uh, uh, Jim Corzini. Okay. Excellent. He's a very busy man. Uh, but, uh, and he's, and, and he sort of says, you know, he's more in, involved in the financial side of the, uh, the entire thing. But, uh, uh, you go to his office. Uh, he's the president of Don Biasime. He's 42 years old. Uh, he's got, looks like he's got premature silver hair, uh, but he's tanned. He looks like he probably spends a lot of time on vacation. I am very glad to meet you. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you also. I hope, uh, I hope Lee here has been showing you uh, uh, how uh, well organized and uh, efficient we all are. Yes, yes, you mean. Well, we're, we're quite happy. The, uh, the funding that you guys have been, that uh, Full Wilderness has been providing us, have been put to good use. Uh, we're, uh, we're working on multiple strains of uh, various uh, food products that will uh, be healthier and more nutritious and less, uh, less damaging to the uh, human I'm not really a scientist, so I, I, I don't know the terminology. You probably know it better than I do. Well, that's, of course, one of the reasons we're here, 
uh, you know, there's the organizational types and the social types and the science types. Uh, and sometimes it helps to have us liaise with each other. Uh, are you guys doing anything in terms of growth factors? Oh, I really wouldn't know. Uh, our head of research is Dr. Howard Finley. Um, uh, Lee, have they met him yet? And he says, no, we're, we're going to get to that a little bit later. He says, yeah. ah, yes, Dr. Howard uh, Finley joined us in 1989. Uh, he's been the head of research. Uh, and uh, the board is very happy with him. He uh, keeps the numbers, uh, the, the financial profits up for the company. Um, um, what, what have you guys been able to monetize from his research since he came so recently? Well, we've been, so most of what we do uh, doesn't directly affect uh, uh, our own finances, except that we deal with other companies around the country, um, uh, pharmaceutical development uh, companies uh, that are working on uh, gene research and so forth. So the finances come from that. Nothing in particular has been developed by us completely without the assistance of other companies. It's an indirect relationship. Yes, exactly. Yes, and, do you, and you don't have a consumer-facing part of the business? Uh, no, not directly. So if anybody was using research materials from within your facility, they'd have to be part of some relationship directly with you. They can't buy a exactly. sign. Correct. Yes, you, there's always a direct relationship of some sort. And uh, I, you guys must keep uh, extensive, I mean, you're very well organized. You must keep extensive records of all of these various projects that are happening externally. Oh, absolutely. How yes. is that organized? Well, huh, a lot of it has been organized in files, the traditional manner. Uh, those are, uh, those are uh, up on the third floor. Mm. Lee, did you show them those? And he's like, well, it's just rooms of rooms of filing cabinets. Are you uh, in the process of getting all that stuff down on some sort of digital tape or something? Oh, we are. We're, we're, we're trying very hard to put it all into digital format. I think that's uh, the future. It'll take a while. Yes, yes, indeed. Did, uh, did uh, Spencer show them the computers? And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite impressive. The, the amount of information at our fingertips is, is staggering. Yeah. yeah, some of the schools I've uh, been involved with have electronic mail now. It's instantaneous. It's quite remarkable. Wow. Indeed. Provided their network can handle it. Yeah. The VAC um, system. Uh, as you can see, with very few exceptions, we have full disclosure here. Please uh, enjoy the rest of your tour. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, Lee is fully competent to ask to answer any questions you might have. We appreciate your time, Mr. Corzini, and I'm sure Mr. Jadik will as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So. And I nudged Ethan. I was like, that was kind of a threat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as an aside, I'm going to be like, if um, Jim Corzini might be, if we can get him away from... Uh, the other gentleman and have him look up, hey, we need some information on Jenny, we need some information. He might just actually go and show us where to find it. Instead well, it's, of, it's true, know, he's a big shot, but he doesn't know necessarily what's being hidden. 
Exactly. And also the, the odds of him knowing yeah, individual employees like that would be. Now, are you guys doing like an aside? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Um, well, because you guys yeah, are in a crew, Lee sort of sees it, but he says, gentlemen, are there any questions I can answer for you? Uh, you know, we have uh, we have a, a couple of peculiar, specific things that we that we're coming to the table with, but we might as well, uh, you know, meet Dr. Findlay first and go on with the program, and we'll see whether it all gets cleared up. Of course, well, we would like to revisit and speak with you after the tour at some point. Of course. Okay. Thank you. All right. So he takes you down to the first floor. Uh, you are now heading down towards the, the, the lowest lab section on there, towards the bottom of the screen. And as you go along, uh, you begin to see uh, more and more biohazard signs. Um, you start to notice them on, on doors. Uh, you started to notice them on... Uh, on uh, information packets and things like that that are on people's desks. Uh, and you come to an office uh, just before you get to a couple of these double doors, like you say, with the windows in them, um, that are, there's letters on it, it says restricted area, uh, uh, lab number P7, uh, and there are biohazard signs all over it. And, we, at some uh, point, do we need booties or masks or anything? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, he says that's, that's not necessary at all. Uh, but we're going to meet Dr. Finley. He's right here in this office. Oh. What do you got going on in there? Well, this is where some of the more volatile uh, projects are going on. We won't be going into the P7 area. That's, oh. uh, that's a proprietary area. Um, oh. Yeah, all those only warnings. those who are qualified are allowed to go in that area. But we'll talk to Dr. Finley. So, uh, um, the biohazard signs does it say whether it's bio, whether it's biosafety level one or two, or shouldn't be three? But I don't know, <laughs> I don't know enough. It doesn't say in here anything like that, it just says biohazard. Okay, so BSL BSL two would be uh, pathogenic microbes are being used, and then ah. BSL three is stuff like Ebola. Oh, like a like a hot zone. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like it's a hot zone, uh, and occasionally you might see somebody go in that area in and out. Um, and are they wearing biohazard suits or footies or masks? It looks like when they go in. Uh, they're not. However, when the door opens, you can see that there might be an airlock going into that area. Okay. So um, uh, there's a, he knocks on the door, and uh, the response is, what is it? Uh, Mr. Finley, Dr. Finley, um, it's Lee. Yes, Lee, what do you want? And he's like, uh, I'm... Uh, uh, these are the people from uh, Full Wilderness Corporation. And he's like, oh, uh, well, let them in. Uh, Dr. Finley 
Looks like he's uh, perhaps. Dr. Finley is uh, 56 years old. He's tall. He's thin. He's balding. He wears glasses. He is in a lab coat. He's actually standing behind his desk. Um, and uh, he's just setting down a number of things that he's been reviewing. Uh, he seems, he looks very severe. Uh, no nonsense, no smiling. Uh, and he's like, ah, so I'm, I'm very glad that you've, you've come. Uh, he says, uh, uh, what can I do for you? Uh, questions you might have? Well, uh, it's very uh, nice to meet you, Dr. Fidley, and, and uh, Mr. Jadick sends his regards. Ah, good. He uh, says, um, uh, we're hoping that Full Wilderness continues support for our projects. We're hoping that that would be the case as well. Um, and Mr. Corziti speaks very highly of the work you've done since you've arrived. Ah. Is it is it all P7, or do you have a number of Ps? Uh our, the P7 lab is our highest priority. Uh, there are other P7 is actually a designation. I see. And yeah. are you working in there on growth factors? Uh, well, we're working. Uh, uh, currently, we're looking for a cure for a common genetic disorder in humans. Uh, I'm not really at liberty to specify. Um, so a lot of your work is is uh, agricultural, but you also branch into biomedical research. That's that's correct. Yes, um, and I you don't imagine you're at liberty to tell us what disorder that is involved. Uh, not not really, uh, but there, there there's a breakthrough that seems imminent, and the market for the cure is very wide. Uh, oh, wow. I'm sorry. A lot of this you understand in biomedical. Uh, engineering, uh, this has to be extremely hush-hush. Uh, 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 Certainly. Espionage is... Uh, I'm sure none of you are spies, but we can't take those chances. Yes, well, I think Full right. Wilderness would not have hired us if there, our records weren't impeccable, but nevertheless, you have proprietary issues, of course. That must make you concerned about something like when a trusted employee like Jennifer Armbruster goes missing. Oh, you're familiar with Jennifer. Uh, to, to the extent possible under the current circumstances. Is Are she you concerned that she, uh, indeed, I'm surprised you don't know. I would think that would be an informational liability. From what I understand, she's moved. Uh, she no longer works here. She right. But was before... she working? I'm um, sorry, continue. I'm sorry. I just well, want to do a psychology role. Again, a thing we're all bad at. Yeah. One of us might do it. Actually, I got a 40. Failed. 34 is not going to cut it. I failed by a lot. You guys want to use any luck? I'd have Actually, to use more than I have. I only failed by 12. And this is, seems like a big deal. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think... I think we know he's lying, but if there's something more specific, I might take the plunge. Before we do that, why don't we ask about Tate? See if, see if he gets a, another. Right. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll pass this time. I've got a 40, so if we, 
maybe we'll as we drive the nails in deeper. Did Jenny move before or after she grew to about seven foot tall? Because I've seen pictures. Um, uh, uh, he looks over at Lee, and he's like, um, "Lee, can we is, have some privacy, this, Lee? Is this really?" Uh, uh, what what does Jennifer Armbruster have to do with anything? Well, Dr. Fidley, you understand that this is germane to our ongoing funding. So, for example, if you've got... Uh, Jennifer Armbruster quit her job, and she's no longer employed by this company. What she's doing now, I have no idea. And you're not concerned that she has any proprietary information? I don't see that she could. But you don't know where she is. Um, secretary, um, the uh, HR might have a forwarding address. I appreciate that. Unless she wasn't want... working on anything too sensitive, though. Not particularly. So she didn't work in sector P7? Well, she did. So I'm not sure where... I understand the sudden interest in Jennifer Armbruster. Okay, let's change to another subject. Um, Desmond? Uh, yes, well, you know, uh, Jennifer Armbruster is not the only employee of yours to go missing. Uh, I, are you aware of any others? Anybody else who might have had interesting uh, information? I, I don't have time to keep track of my ex-employees' private lives. Uh, well, we're not talking about private lives, sir. We're talking about people with access to sensitive information that we're funding. Well, access is cut off from anyone who leaves the company. Uh, How long before Peter Tate was, went missing was access cut off? Peter Tate? Do you are aware that he's missing and presumed dead? I have no idea. Uh, Tate was fired uh, a number of weeks ago. Uh, and he was fired with cause? Well, that's something for HR to explain. I, I'm not at liberty to talk about ex-employees. Um, gentlemen, you, you have to excuse me. I'm very busy today. Uh, uh, Lee, We're all very busy, and this is an important meeting we've been waiting for, Dr. Findlay. You, yeah. Again, I'd like to point out that uh, your continued funding is potentially contingent upon our being satisfied with our tour today. Lee Gary has done an excellent job, and you seem to be uh, rather evasive, Dr. Finley. You're asking me questions that I don't have anything to do with. I'm only yeah. asking you what information these missing persons might have had that would compromise the viability of your research. And you are head of research, are you not? I'm head of research, not head of security. Didn't talk about his security. Every, everyone who works here signs uh, multiple documents stating that anything that they work on or anything that they do, uh, it would be a violation of uh, company policy. They would be uh, prosecuted yes, to well, the highest degree. Who, who is the head of your compliance department? Uh, compliance security? Uh, that would be uh, uh, Solomon Pierce. So two people who no longer work here who signed compliance policies are now missing and presumed dead. I don't know anything about that, sir. It, it is a odd pattern that we unfortunately have to look into. 
I don't see what full wilderness would have to do with any of that. Well, we do fund you, and if I guess this group is not satisfied with our outcome when we walk out the door, we will probably vote to cut funding. So you can go continue your work, or you can stand here and discuss this matter with us. Or go, go back to your work, we'll leave, and we'll put in the paperwork to uh, terminate funding, and uh, let's call it a day. It was a pleasure to meet you, and... Uh... I think this meeting is over. Gentlemen, please. Uh, we do appreciate your time, Dr. Findlay. Uh, I look forward to when we come back to look into P7 without your obstruction. You should please take them. Gentlemen, please leave. Make sure you count your monsters, Dr. Finley. And he completely ignores you and he goes back to what he was doing before. Now, when we are a good distance away from the door, I'm going to turn to uh, Mr. Lee Gary and tell him, hey, sorry you had to be a witness to that. Uh, Lee, you seem like a very intelligent and uh, bright individual. I'll shake his hand. I say, you probably, I'll put a good word in for you over at um, Full Wilderness. But as things look now, this whole building is probably going to be gone. So if you want a good inside track, you might want to uh, ask around. I'll give you my number where you can reach us at. Anything that you can can give to us will i can probably secure uh, almost 100 percent tell you you'll be uh kept out of all criminal charges that are going to be brought against this uh company and i'll find you a good job at full wilderness keep it between us if it goes any further i uh, this conversation never happened but i'd uh think about it Did you lose me? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Well, gentlemen, let me show you the grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he, um, takes you, uh, he takes you out a back door and okay. uh, uh, basically out into what, what turns out to be a, a rather plain garden uh, with hedges and a little fountain and stuff like that. And you can see the two warehouses. Mm -hmm. One of them is very large. One of them is small. He says, uh, he says, warehouse one is, um, where is it? Uh, uh, warehouse one is, where are we? Let me pull that up again. Uh, warehouse one is mainly for storage of uh, well, paper products and stuff like that that are used. And as you are, are there, you see that there is a, a truck that is unloading what looks like paper towels okay. uh, into the warehouse. There's a bay uh, that opens up. Uh, and warehouse two is mostly uh, uh, hazardous wastes that are uh, trucks come in and take that away as well on a regular basis to uh, facilities for disposal. Right. So it was all warehouse too pretty uh, pretty dangerous? Was it being hazardous waste? And There's certainly some, some dangerous waste there, yes. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's mostly in large plastic bags and, and things like that. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And as you're doing this, you're walking towards warehouse one. Okay. As we start going by warehouse two, I'm going to go, um, Lee, I, I really hate to ask this, but is, is there a restroom, a ladies room in, uh, in this building right here? I, I, well, I don't think I don't think there is inside the the warehouses. Oh, there's not. Oh, but we can go back inside, and I'll show you where the restroom is. No, that's all right. That's all right. I I'll make. I don't want to waste too much of your time. I was just uh, wanted to powder my nose. Well, and you can see, you know, he shows you. Uh, he says warehouse ones are active warehouse. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. And you can see there, there are small drums of chemicals, there's lab supplies, there's cleaning agents and filters, paper products, and other replaceable items. Um, Dr. Evans, does do any, of those, any of the containers that you've seen so far uh, jangle your memory regarding something you'd seen? Dr. Elsewhere? Evans, do, uh, do a spot hidden? While he's looking, I'm going to ask. Uh, Mr. Gary? Yes. You said that there, that Warehouse 2 um, may contain hazardous materials. Uh, would it be possible for me to look at the, uh, the HACCP sheet for that? I got yeah. a hard success, by the way. Okay. Um, I forgot what I had to roll for. A spot hidden? Oh, um, yeah, you do see a number of boxes containing empty uh, bottles, mm -hmm. carboys that match what you're pretty sure you saw. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Well, let's go back to Dr. Flores and I'll just point, point at them. Probably blanks. Um, Dr. Liege, uh, he says, I think that that can be arranged if, if you wanted. Um, I'm not sure of everything that's in there, but could make for some entertaining light reading. <laughs> yeah, as Lee, as you see, uh, despite your efforts at transparency, there are some issues we have uh, with transparency overall. So that kind of inform information could be quite helpful. Of course. Um, uh, and uh, in the in the little green area between the paths, is there some topiary? There's a little circular green patch. Uh, there's a little fountain there. Very nice. Maybe there's some employees outside smoking. Oh. Yeah, 1991. Oh. Right next to the ether storage. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, he starts to walk you back up towards the front. Uh, he walks you back inside and... Well, so before we get to the front, as we go past Warehouse 1, there's another guardhouse. Does that look similar? That's correct, yeah. Uh, and Lee, there's this external building on the other side of the fountain that's not part of the main compound. What's that about? Not a oh. warehouse? Uh, that's our uh, isolate production. Uh, he shows you in there if you want to. There's yeah. actually oh. nothing, nothing in here that talks about it. It's just... Okay. Darn, Probably like doc, good Dr. Leash knows exactly what it's for, and I. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do. Has there been any? Yeah. 
Has there been any traffic or anyone going in at, in and out of warehouse two while we were outside? Um, no, no, no whatsoever. And only one door. Is it like a garage door or like it's the a- same as the other warehouse? There's uh, there's a large bay where you can pull a truck up to it and uh, put stuff in and out. And there's also a door. Okay. Does it look like it's got a combo lock or anything like that on it? Uh, no, they just look like they look like metal doors, but they've got locks, regular key locks. And when Doctor Evans pointed out the the pallet or whatever of carboys, is there a, is there some sort of designation number that would uh, I could copy no. down or? No. I, I think they're just empty bottles. You're right with a logo. Yeah. yeah, no logo on them yet. If somebody needs a carboy. Hmm. So, well, 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 thank you, gentlemen, for uh, I hope you enjoyed your tour. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, before we go in, you guys can go inside. Do you mind if I catch a smoke with these other guys? I, you know, you know, the urge hits you. All Absolutely. Right. Actually, before we before we leave, Lee, uh, I believe Dr. Finley essentially authorized us to speak with someone at HR about these irregularities in recent employment. Is that something we can arrange immediately? Um, well, certainly. I'll take you there on the way back to the front. Okay. And we did say we could speak with um, the president. I at a loss for his name. Oh, uh, the president, Corzini? Jim Corzini. Jim Corzini, yeah. Well, you did speak with Corzini. Remember I said before we leave, we wanted to touch base with him again? He said, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so you're taking in, back in. Uh, Dr. Mills, you wanted to... Yeah, I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to get away from Lee, essentially, is what Okay. I'm- what I'm doing. So I'll, I'll go over there and I'm not a smoker. So, uh, as Heather's not a smoker. So, uh, she'll, uh, fortunately I've brought this pack of camels everywhere with me. <laughs> <laughs> I get it out and I ask uh, one of them if they've got a light. Sure. Yeah. Like that. <clears throat> so, uh, so what do you, get? what do you, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll breathe out instead of uh, in help. So, so uh, what do you guys do do here? Um, various sciencey things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, is anyone offering a tour of Warehouse Two? Says uh, we never go in there. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's just just waste waste materials. Right. Yeah, I, I hear you. How uh, does it look like their cigarettes are about ashed out? Probably. Okay. I'm going to try and slow ride and see if they'll uh, get bored with hanging out with me. Even um, after a while, yeah. It's like, well, we got to get back to work. Oh, I understand. I understand. And uh, when they do, I'm going to start walking over there. And this is probably a horrible idea, but I'm going to go over there and look around and, uh, as unless no one says anything, I'm going to go over there and actually try the door to the warehouse. Doors locked. Doors locked. Any there windows? Are, the only windows in it are about thirty feet up. No, yeah, they're, they're small. Yeah, I don't got. I'm not Spider Woman, so I can can do that. Uh, I'll check before I walk back in. I'll 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 at least do the uh, the garage door. See if that one 
yeah, Lock no. two. Lock two. That's that's All a right. big one. Obviously, you'd need a mechanical yeah. thing to open that up. Yeah, yeah. Damn, this is the warehouse that uh, he talked about in his his journal. That's why I've been so fascinated with it. All right. Well, dang it, I can't pick a lock, so I'm gonna gonna come back and be like meet up with the guys. I'm like, hi, right, yeah. Thanks for uh, humoring me. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> All right. So now you guys are in HR. Uh, what would you uh, let's see? Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm I'm in charge of HR. What can I do for you? Hi, Cindy. It's nice to meet you. We are visiting from one of your primary funding sources. Full oh, that's right. And uh, we've had the chance to meet with Dr. Lindsay and, of course, Boss Corazzini, and they'd like us to be able to clear up a couple of funny HR records from some recent kerfuffles. And she looks over at Lee, and Lee's like, it's true. Uh, so uh, we understand that a Peter Tate was let go, and we're curious as to what the cause was there. And she uh, gets on her computer, and she says, well, we're really not supposed to say why somebody was let go, but uh, uh, yes, he was let go a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, there are a number of citations. Uh, he had some difficulty uh, working with Dr. Finley. Yeah, I personality have, conflict. Have you met Dr. Finley? Of course. Do you find it surprising that somebody would have a personality conflict with Dr. Finley? Well, Dr. Finley is a brilliant scientist, and he's very much into science. He's not really interested in human relationships. He's, although he is married. Um, See, really? Have you met his wife? Uh, I have met her once, yes. Wow. What is she like? Uh, she's a lovely woman. She dies. <laughs> uh, her name is Madeline. She's a lovely woman. Uh, I hope that they're quite happy. You can do a psychology role on that one. Why not? She's a handsome woman. <laughs> oh, sex. I know everything. Wow. Yeah, she's being kind. <laughs> um, so, so, right, there were multiple disciplinary problems and personal problems. Uh, do you have any note about... Um, Jennifer Armbruster and why she uh, resigned? Uh, Big Jenny. That's the one. <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm showing that she uh, and she looks confused for a moment and she says, um, well, I'm showing here that she's not, uh, she's become an independent researcher. That makes sense. We, yes, that makes a lot of sense. But you don't have any information about what project she's on? There's no designation I, for that? I don't, know. That is quite helpful. And it's worth noting for you, perhaps for your own notes, that Ms. Dr. Findley was not frank about that. It's probably a violation that you might want to be aware of. Well, we'll take a look into it. 
And finally, do you have any payment uh, details for Harold Gall or Dr. Harold Gall? Dr. Harold Gall. He would be independent research also, I believe. She says, uh, the only Harold Gall I show on here was on the staff about four years ago. And uh, there's no reason for his, uh, his leaving, uh, except that he, w he was not terminated. Uh, he quit. But you don't have any indication of further, you know, like independent research or anything for him? Uh, just left. No, no. He, he no longer is employed by Don Biasign. In fact, he was here the first year that Don Biasign was established. Oh. But if he's as an independent contractor, he wouldn't be working for Don Biasign. Is there payments to any payments after since that four year separation to him? I don't have the financial uh but uh he's not an employee, he's not employed in any way by Don Biasign. So there shouldn't be any kind of payment. Uh, was, do you have uh, any information about what he was working on before he left the company? Not, not in here. If it was proprietary, then uh, all those records are sealed. Locked. <clears throat> yeah. Just between you and me, he just got put in the nut house. Oh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've been enormously helpful. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. Well, gentlemen and ladies, um, let me show you. I'm glad that you came. And he gives you like an information packet and all of that bullshit Lee does and shows you the door. I'm surprised they didn't have uh, Mr. Solomon Pierce come kick us out. <laughs> Head of security guy. <laughs> Yeah. Next time. Hmm. See if you can get another interview. <laughs> yeah, can we go talk to this head of security and be like, hey, man, so about the monsters you keep in your closet. We need uh, Corazini, by the way, uh, is now in a meeting, so he can't. Yeah. Can't yeah. speak. Go and talk to the head of security. Um, hey, uh, you want to leave the doors unlocked tonight? Right before you leave, I'm gonna pull the group together and do you say, do you want Desmond and gentlemen, ladies, do you wanna write a handler handwritten note to Corazini? And I don't think he's on the know of what's going on here and tell him um, No, I, I have the feeling that he wouldn't be on the he's not on the level and he right, would so go maybe to ask Finley. He would go to Finley first thing. And Finley's just going to lie to him. Yeah, but maybe we can word it in a way where we can put, um, have him tell him to call us, tell him that two of the people that left are missing. One is presumed dead, um, that funding relies on it, and also that this one, Harold Gold, is in the nut house and he's singing like a bird. He's trying to tie it back to. You know, bullshit on it a little bit. But no, he's we, gonna, I like... He might do some inside research to protect his own company and keep his ass out of jail. Maybe. what I'm thinking. But I think that, I think if that came from a Mr. Jadik, the arm twisting would be that much 
keener because we now have we have more information than we knew. Gall, the person who's created at least two of our problems, worked for these people and helped found this company. So that's a pretty good lead into. Yeah. So maybe and now we know that they they did not like us asking about Jenny. They did not like us asking about Tate. I believe that this gives Jadik enough kind of information to start. Yeah, I think we can get. I think we can get uh, information to Corazzini. Well, the more convincingly than a handwritten note. The only reason I'm saying it is because now if Finley is going to run around and try and hide stuff, we he might be able to observe it and. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like now, if Finley's going to do something, he's going to do it now while we walk out. If, if um, Corzini knows, maybe he can watch security cameras. Right, watch. Speaking of speaking of hiding things, I have an odd feeling that uh, Finley's talking to some security people right now, and I think it's in our best interest that we need to get out of here. Oh, so. let him put one finger on us. We'll we'll own this place. Huh. Unless we disappear. <laughs> mm, well, motorcycle-wielding Uzi people couldn't do it. I'm not afraid of some rent-a-cop with a baton. I probably, I expect they have things not batons that they don't show. <laughs> uh, what was the, uh, what was the uh, camera array like on the compound? Um, definitely there are cameras. Yeah. Uh, you could tell from the, uh, the security area that there were uh, at least four cameras uh, probably on the walls or looking looking in this direction, uh, yeah. surveying the ground. Uh, there were a number of, of uh, cameras in the labs. Um, and other things, too. Uh, various sensors and, and things, you know. However, it did look like security was least uh, least secure in the back where the warehouses were. Mm -hmm. That this building itself was the most secure building. Right, and they probably don't want too many eyes on warehouse two, I'm guessing. Don't like things on tape there, so. Yeah. Yeah, Carlisle, if you want to drop a note before we take off, I didn't object, but I think we have I think we have stronger arguments elsewhere. All right, I'll pass it. I was just wondering if we could psychologically get him on our side. Is what I was trying yeah. to. Did the uh, yeah? I think discretion is our best move at this point. Yeah. Did the trucks that were at the warehouses were they an outside company? It looked like it. it looked like they were just delivery trucks. Okay. Right. Yeah, we saw supplies in, not supplies out only, right? Or not not materials out. Right, you didn't see the materials out. Uh, they're probably um, similar companies, uh, similar supply companies to the ones that you'd find over at Zimfotech. Mm -hmm. Well, and they knew we were going to be here today. It would be foolish for them to try and do something. It would have been done yesterday. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Let's have you all do a spot hidden roll. It's not really spot hidden, but that's what I'll have you roll. Uh, ooh. Oh, one. Oh, well, oh, I didn't. <laughs> hey, I got a 12. 
I got well, a note. Squat on point. We got an O one. So. Yeah, it's like going high. My my ten was uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> it sorry, seems, sorry. It, it seems to you, especially Doctor Margaret, that most of Don Biasime functions exactly the way that it says that it's functioning. And it's definitely Dr. Finley and the P7 lab and Warehouse 2 that are suspicious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you were in Corazzini's office, you could see that there were, you know, financial reports uh, for the various projects. And um, if Corazzini is not a, it would be hard to believe that Corazzini would not be aware of something that would be going on here, especially the head of head of research and the P7 labs. If the president isn't tracking, yeah, the president's definitely, if he's the type of person who's tracking all the like finances, like personally, yeah, he's, he's keeping track of everything. And also the chief controller of this facility is Lars, uh, Larson, Larson pharmaceuticals. Right. Um, so if they weren't aware of something that was going on, that, that would be pretty hard to pull off. Yeah, they, they know, he knows what's going on. I, I am under no, I am under no illusion that the people here don't know what's happening. Right. Lee, I'm pretty sure Lee knows. I mean, I'm pretty sure the president knows. I'm pretty sure head of HR knows. Everybody, I think for the most part, understands to some degree what's going on especially those who you know are involved in administration in any way maybe some of the scientists they keep you know as tate said they keep some of the scientists you know in the dark but that yeah, the, the chocolate pansy lady probably hasn't to come no yeah she doesn't know but <laughs> the people the people who are hiring the people who are in hr the people in accounting the people the, the administrators the people with the real leverage over the business i'm pretty sure know fully what's going on and they have well, a best I think our, our friend in hr doesn't know anything or she would have probably locked, not yeah, yeah she would have locked down real hard but probably Corzini. I doubt Cindy was the head of HR. Yeah. And whoever, whoever, like the executive level of like HR, I'm sure is aware. Just like yeah, the executive level people, I think are are on the know. But. You also saw that there were probably about 150 employees, and there was only a small handful that were associated with P7. So. Yeah, so anybody, anybody who, we couldn't sway anybody to our side because anybody who's not involved with P7 doesn't know enough about it to be dissuaded, I think. Lee was definitely just PR. Yeah. In fact, you can probably guess that he doesn't know a damn thing about anything. That's, in fact, that's he's going to go home but, and have an extra pina colada tonight because today was <laughs> stressful and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder what, uh, we, we'll have to ask, um, Richard Slakes, if he comes back, uh, what uh, full wilderness? What kind of access full wilderness has to their financials? 
because uh, they're either doing very complicated accounting to hide what they're actually doing there, or, they or they're just a black box. Might be what? They might be able to pull an audit. Yeah. Yeah, depending on how much funding, what percentage. Kind of like what I kind of like what I want to do with the uh, hazard analysis forms, their waste and stuff. Yeah, that's an excellent source because that's got federal authority behind it. So, well, that was a great that's meeting. Good. And those those forms should also outline. Um, they should have disposal what they're dealing with, like compound names and such. Weights, where it is brought to, mm -hmm. the dates that it was put in, how it's packed uh, individually. Yep, standard operating procedures for each. Yep, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure they have all of that. Yeah, and there's only gotta be like one company in town that's qualified to haul off hazardous waste. And yeah. Yeah. We might approach. We might approach them as well. On an alternate side of that same coin, if it's something that they don't want dumped, they might just be writing it off as uh, cafeteria waste and disposing of it. Uh, there were nothing. Nothing. No indication of incinerators, though, right? There were no chimneys. Well, if they they might have you know things that secrete sulfuric acid, so <laughs> they have pets that secrete worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't remember what acid that our tree friend produced, but chloroantimonic. Yeah, yeah. So they they don't need to if they don't want anything publicly disposed. They have <laughs> they feed it to the creature. That substance itself is this incredibly hazardous waste. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if we find that they're getting rid of lots of that, we know what we already do, that they have creatures in there. Tate's journal is still accurate on that count. But I think that we've we've pushed enough buttons here today. Um, I think we should skedaddle. Well, and with that, that number one role, there's definitely something in Warehouse 2. That's the one thing that you didn't see. Yep. So how many Where, stories? Warehouse 2 in the P7 lab is... Yeah. How many stories is Warehouse 2? Warehouse 2 is about three stories high. Yeah. But like I mentioned, there's little windows about 30 feet up. It's not much taller than that. What's the um, size of the windows? I'm sorry? What are they, what's They're the small. Thing? They're little windows. Okay. It's for letting light in. Uh, the walls are cement. Cement and uh, metal. Plating. So now we need to dig a tunnel underneath them. <laughs> What's that? Well, the door What's itself does not look like it's, I mean, you're not going to be able to shoulder it down. It's a steel door. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't look like a magical special lock with, you know, it's just a lock. Right. It's the other security that's at issue. And at our lab, the breach came from within. I guess that's the next thing. Oh, that's what we should have asked Dr. Findlay. How do you contain the damn things? Because we failed. <laughs> that might have been... I, I tipped our hand only a little bit, not that much. Uh, yeah, honestly, with what, with uh, how you, how the hand was tipped, 
it might have been better just to go all in. Yeah, but it's too late but, now. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah. Hmm. we we definitely could have done that a little bit more delicately and not revealed as much as we did. All right. Well, do you mean in terms of uh, are we and are have we have we moved on to the coffee house at this point? Yeah, you've left. I mean, we yeah. no, we're we're standing in front of the PR guys. Just, <laughs> like, all of this. We're like, sorry, Lee, but you're gonna well, learn a couple of things. Oh wait, too. one more thing, Lee. I just want to walk around warehouse too and see if they've patched up any monster shaped. <laughs> um, uh, I'll also give you a sense. You got that one. That was a really good roll. Uh, I'll know when you guys are leaving the facility, when you're going out through the front gate, uh, you, you can hear a phone ring and you see the security guard pick up his phone like this and he's talking and it looks like he's taking note of your license plate and make and model of the car. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. How, how kind of them. Always a warm feeling. Yeah, actually, I'm, we should we should have talked with the head of security and been like, okay, how do you, how do you, what do you, how do you deal with containment breaches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if there aren't already private investigators under Dom Biozyme's pay following us around. There definitely will be now. There's probably there's probably private investigators under Dom Biozyme. That's true. No, you don't need post tension concrete. Yeah, did, did, did they have uh, like drains in in there, like uh, that would lead to the sewers? Well, they'd have like eye washes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll not everywhere. If yeah, we I imagine a crocodile friend up into. <laughs> in labs, there are accidents, so yeah, there would definitely be drains. In the floor in areas in there where they could clean it up. Yeah. Not like in the reception area. All right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I was thinking more of like, you know, out on the, uh, in the parking lots and everything, how they drain those if you get big, big storms. Oh, the parking lot would have to have some drains. Yeah. They might not go to the building in any way. Yeah, but the water drains would probably just be subsurface and go out to the, uh, Go out to the ocean. Whereas yeah. internal drains in that facility might be contained. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hmm. So where does one go for coffee in California in 1991? Starbucks. To secretly talk about. Were they already then? I think so. I don't remember any time that there were Starbucks, but... You said that in a really creepy way. Well, they've eaten eaten themselves into my brain. <laughs> this, this, is, this isn't Starbucks. back east. Wait, if it was back east, I'd say Dunkin' Donuts. Right. It's right. like four million, yeah. billion of those. Starbucks was started in like 1971. So, Yeah, but didn't spread for a while. Yeah, they didn't get here until like the late 90s, right? I think to the east coast. Mid, yeah, mid. Mid to well, late, but... Yeah. There'll be a local place. Either that or you could go to Winchell's or any other. I want to find a, a, a mom-and-pop coffee shop, and that's where I want to spend my money. Okay. Support right. small businesses, people. <laughs> you got um, Fred and Ethel's uh, coffee shop. Oh, I'm sincere <laughs> about that. I'm not even kidding. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, and how's their – and how – 
Describe the flavor of their lightest mm. roast. Uh, <laughs> it's in like, 91. It's like the sun coming up over a mountain. Uh, it's like, it's like. Is it nice and malty? Fields of wheat. With, uh, yeah, barley, malt, malted barley. Uh, All right. <laughs> we're talking about coffee or beer? Coffee. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh. It's beer coffee. Coffee yeah. beer. The Delicious. Brilliant. Chocolate coffee beer. Actually, we make chocolate coffee beer. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, so, we actually actually put too much chocolate in the last time, and it was <laughs> awful. Bitter. Well, no, it tasted like you were drinking hot chocolate along with your beer. Yeah, I've had a chocolate stout that was too far in that direction. <laughs> Chocolatey. Yeah. Yeah. Like cocoa uh, was stirred into a beer. So, all right, Dr. Liege, uh, what do you think? I sh should I not have what? How'd we go too far? I understand how we didn't go far enough. Maybe. So I was thinking we should have went a little farther. I think. Well, that, um, not mentioning specific proper nouns would have been good. Just just mentioning that we've noticed a pattern of uh, previous employees disappearing and inquiring whether or not the employees might have had uh, information. Just taking or access to samples for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Access to samples, which is, but I do think that saying count your monsters doesn't tip the hand too much because Jenny's oh, a monster, no. you know? I mean, it could mean different things. I want to have a count your noisy monster. chair duel. Please. I'd, yeah, <laughs> the the proper nouns tipped her tipped her hand more than yeah not your monsters. Well, uh, although he'll read into that. <laughs> um, you could also see that the front end of the facility was probably better lighted at night than the back end of the facility. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. the uh, terrain like at the back of this? At the back well, of this? it's pretty much like I say. For about two hundred acres behind it, mm -hmm. it's just grass. Um, it looks like it's an area that they will eventually develop into more buildings, uh, and then beyond that is trees. Mm -hmm. But the fence doesn't encompass the two hundred acres. The no fence. Okay. No. Just the primary campus. And it was just barbed wire, not like Constantino wire or anything across it's, the top? It's 12 feet of brick and then uh, two feet of uh, just looks like simple barbed wire. It's not this. Right. right. Yeah, not, not the Constantino wire. Okay. So is, it, is it brick or is it brick over a cinder block? Is, it, is it only one brick thick? I mean, we would see, at least as a gate, we would get an idea of whether it was this 12 thick. feet high, it would have to be more than one brick thick. Sure, it would. Yeah, yeah. Um, if only and there's, we had, ivy, there's ivy growing on most of it. Right. Yeah. If only we had a hairless Sasquatch with some dynamite, it'd be so easy to breach that wall. Or what if yeah. we had like a creature that secreted a good enough of acid to just go right through walls? Just or what if you had a... What if you had a Home Depot and you could just get a, get a damn ladder? <laughs> a ladder, a ladder, and we, we get, a, get like a heavy blanket you throw over the barbed wire so you don't get snagged yeah. on it. And then maybe something wire crazy cutter. like a rope or something. Yeah, a wire cutter. Okay. I, would just, I would just bemoan the fact that our little party of miscreants doesn't have a civil engineer. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, remember that you've all been a little bit uh, yeah. monkey wrenchers. That's right. I, I've, I've broken into some complexes to disrupt some not, not monkey wrenching. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. guess that there are two questions. One is, how do we not get caught? And the second one is, what happens when we open it up and there's a monster inside? Uh, when we open up, there's a monster inside. We run, we leave it open so it runs amok in their campus. And, uh, and then we're back on our monster night plan. That's and right. And we released another monster into the... <laughs> we're right back on track where we should be. One a day. So what we do is we set up a homeless camp on the grounds of Don Next Bible. to a sewer drain. Exactly. Yeah. And lure Gaul's little uh, pet to Don Biozine. Then somehow we managed to get the homeless out people out of there and shut the gate. Yeah. So brilliant. Mm. Absolutely, want, nothing could go wrong. I wonder if we can uh, go impersonating homeless people and see if somebody tries to pick us up. Well, that's why I was thinking maybe we'll swing by a shelter and just talk to him and you know go hey you know. You know, have you seen, you know, you know, they know each other. Hey, has, uh, when people been, been going away, you know, they haven't been getting jobs, you know, what, what's, what's been happening, what you've been hearing, what, what parts of the city is, uh, grapevine saying to avoid, you know. Right. And then don't forget, we can also, we know a little bit more about Harold Gall now. You know, he used to work for Don Miles, I am so swinging by um, to talk to him in, in the asylum, you know, at the hospital where he's at might not be such a bad idea. Perhaps we could get him to not only ramble about his most recent project, but past ones. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he's got anything published. We can look at the library for that. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was a multiple PhD. Yeah, I'd be at the yeah. university probably. He can... Maybe some of his uh, maybe some of his earlier work will allude to why he is the way he is. All right, well let's call it there, and uh, we'll pick this up again next week. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Brian Daly, Keith Craig, Jason Melnichok, and David Gasway. With yours truly as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.